1: I was thinking more of like the like the 80s with like a sort of synthy, like,
2: da, 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 da,
1: like into the, the theme song that was written by fucking Tears for Fears or something, like mm. just for the movie. Mm. Simpler times. Yeah. So many, so many, so many damn books.
0: Welcome to So Many Damn Books. I'm Christopher. I'm Drew. And this is a film adaptation episode because we just saw...
1: Murder on the Orient Express. A film by and starring... Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh's mustache. <laughs> yeah, really. It should have gotten second billing. Yeah. Uh, who played his mustache? He did <laughs> an excellent job. I feel like but, that's going to be like a joke on an episode of Rick and
0: Morty. In, it'll like, be. Two um, years. No, what, it, what it'll be is. Uh, um, What's his face? The guy who played Golem. He's the one. Who <laughs> 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 Andy Circus Andy Circus yeah. played the mustache and he did an excellent job the whole time. <laughs> Um, but we rarely do this. We we go see movies sometimes. You and I.
1: We have uh, talked about trying to do this for a long, long time too. Well,
0: the thing is, is book to film is a fascinating thing. It's an interesting challenge um, for any any book to film adaptation. But it makes sense for for a mystery film. Yeah, I uh, think it. The, Agatha Christie lens herself to being ad- adapted.
1: Absolutely. I mean there are all there are those those stories that get adapted again and again. Mm. The Holmes stories, the Poirot stories. It's because they are endlessly adaptable. The pleasure right. is not necessarily in finding out how it happened. It's watching the detective find out how it happened. Exactly. So so Let's take everybody through our entire experience. Let's let's make the episode mirror the movie going experience. So right beforehand, what it you created a drink? I did. I went to the Rite Aid around the corner and uh-huh. bought some candy. So that's you what we'll, that's how we'll do the thing. That's okay. the what you buy. It's it's movie candy. Oh.
0: This actually, to me, isn't a successful cocktail, uh, for for consuming at home necessarily. Mm. But it's a high proof uh, <laughs> cocktail that if you make it to steal away in your bag, um, and put it in a, a three or four ounce uh, glass container, as I did for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a good one. And this is just whiskey, um, apérol, and then I I purchased uh, Pim's uh, blackberry and elderflower uh, varietal. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, I've always known that uh, Pims makes more than the one flavor. Uh, the Pims, when you when you see, I think it's like number three or number four or something. When you when you buy mm-hmm. it, or in the the one that gets pulled over. Yeah, and, the standard. Yeah. Uh, and they do a different one every season. Actually, in in England. Really. Yeah. Um, And so this blackberry elderflower, I assume it's winter.
1: That sounds pretty wintry. Um, If Redwall taught me anything. Right, exactly. I think it only taught us
0: to believe in homeopathy. And I don't know (laughs) if that was the best.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Redwall. For my belief in... Tinctures. Oh, tinctures. Yeah. Yeah. And um, poultices. <laughs> poultices. hmm. Uh-huh. That and elderflower wine. hmm. Uh-huh. Well,
0: what doesn't get solved with elderflower? And the um, truth. I've been um, obsessed with the idea of equal parts cocktails. Mm. Uh, with, you know, Negroni is mm-hmm. a beautiful uh, one part, one part, one part cocktail. And so this I tried to do one part, one part, one part. I, I, it's not my favorite drink but it gets the job done in a movie theater
1: yes yes it does
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay and you um you bought candy
1: i did i was disappointed to discover that the rite aid uh, had been relatively ransacked and so there were no bunch of crunch, which is No like,
0: Bunch of Crunch, but you did find a
1: butterfinger bites. Yeah, butterfinger bites, uh and a mini airhead. Yeah, and sweet tarts. Yes. You sort of hit I mean the sweet tarts and the airheads do double duty a little bit. They do. I mean there's Different a crunch. Textures, there's
0: a chew and there's a chocolate, which is all yeah. those are the three food groups. Yeah. The three candy the, the food. The three groups, candy food groups, or just the three food groups, depending <laughs> on who you are and what you
1: believe as I'm, your I'm, personal diet. Very quickly, trying to go through, and I'm like, "Are there? Are there other candies?" And I'm like, "No, they all kind of, they hidden. all shake down into those three buckets."
2: If there was a murder, what is going on? And there was a murderer. The murderer is with us, and every one of you is a suspect. And who are you? My name is Hercule Poirot, and I am probably the greatest detective in the world.
0: Murder on the Orient Express. I've read the novel. I have also read Very the novel. Very recently, actually, oh, really? for myself. Yeah, I, I recently went down a rabbit hole of Agatha Christie. Um, I started with And Then There Were None, yep. uh, also known as many other titles, <laughs> <laughs> which I will not say.
1: Many other significantly more racist titles. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and then and then this was the second one. That, I mean, the, those two are sort of held up as the best that she ever did. Yeah. Because they're so outside of what she usually does.
1: Yeah. And there is something to be said for the sort of you you can't figure it out. Here's the thing about Murder on the
0: Orient Express, especially a movie like this, which is based on a seventy-year-old novel. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know how it ends if you've read it, right? As we both have, Um, and so you're just wanting to see how it plays out on a screen. Um, But if you don't, if you go into this with nothing, Mm -hmm. is is that better? Do you? Is I mean, there's got to be a huge amount of people. I would. I don't know the percentage, but I, I would like to know of who, who went in this blank.
1: Yeah. I Well, the people sitting behind us certainly did. Did I kept they get and surprised? And like, oh, damn. Really? And they were like, oh, of course. And I was like, hey, okay, cool. Um, the,
0: uh, the couple next to me was a movie buff couple oh, who uh, kept talking about who everybody was in other movies.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, They've all... The IMVB couple. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I guess the thing that I'll say is that this book and Then There Were None, these classic stories have mm -hmm. been... Like, the model has been used again and again. Sure. Or adapted
0: and... and You've told me before that you wrote something
1: yourself. I did. I wrote a play my sophomore year of high school that we produced that was kind of a ripoff of Clue and like, uh, uh, well, Clue, I guess is a ripoff of Agatha Christie, but the like, right. The moment where you, at some point you suspect everyone. everybody
0: and you're supposed to, that's everybody, right. that's all of these things. And um,
1: ultimately the detective is the one who's like, but I know. the answer. Yeah.
0: I, I, I love a murder is announced for Agatha Christie because it brings everybody in and, yeah. it, and like, that way, everybody who showed up to the announced murder is a suspect. <laughs> I think that's pretty great. Yeah. In a murder mystery adaptation, you're expecting a certain thing, but in in a book adaptation, yeah, any book adaptation, of course, we know for a murder murder adaptation, especially when when we've read, we assume we know the ending. Right. Um. What are you hoping for in a book adaptation? Like what do we what what do you go in hoping for when you when you go to see a movie based on a book?
1: For me, I think it's one of two things. Mm-hmm. One is either the manifestation of a world that I have seen inside my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the moments where I'm not I'm not expecting it to look like it does in my head, mm-hmm. because inevitably it's coming out of somebody else's, but I am looking to see the world made manifest. Okay. The flip side of it is to see somebody put a twist on the tail. and that that's the more complicated thing. And like you could never do that with an Agatha Christie. People walk into that, and the the plots are so tightly constructed that you can tweak little things, but ultimately the trap's going to spring shut in the same way. Mm-hmm. Whereas an adaptation like the adaptation of it, you, you they really could stretch Mm -hmm. or in a bad way adaptation of the dark tower where they stretched in all of the wrong possible ways you saw that no (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) um
0: fair Uh, i I
1: wanted to very badly and then i
0: i was so excited about that and then the reviews really killed my excitement i do believe i'll i'll sit down with that i mean it's like 90 minutes so i will watch it on
2: a plane at some point
0: (laughs) i i hope that that adaptation gets made into the miniseries that it was we were promised
2: me
1: too uh,
0: but i wonder if it will um i i feel like for me i agree with you in the in the imagination writ large on a screen type thing um i don't i'm not looking for anything new necessarily i'm, yeah. I'm looking for uh cool actors like did they did they get the right thing and does it make me I guess I'm sort of looking to get lost in the story again. Like the best adaptations sure. make me forget that I'm watching an adaptation and it's just its own thing. It's rare. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's really rare when that happens. Um, I it feel like it's hard didn't work for me in that way. I, I was definitely thinking about the book
1: Agreed. Uh, the whole time. I could I was distracted by the mustache. And by the fact that I I grew up with the David Suchet uh Poirot, the like masterpiece theater Poirot where he is he's got the the little waxed mustache and he's portly and he's not running around on the top of the damn train car. Mm. You know, it like Poirot was meant to He would have never done that. Yeah, he's a much more genteel, refined He would have sent book to do it. Right. <laughs> Uh, I I felt like this suffered a little bit from like post-Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes.
0: Oh, a little. They just wanted some bombast. I mean, things have got to be visual. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to have Kenneth Branagh as a director and the star of this because there's so much of just him on the screen. Yeah. Which he's not directing at that point. He's just acting. Uh, He didn't feel like Lockhart. <laughs>
2: That's uh, true.
0: Which he played uh Gilderoy Lockhart in the adaptation of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Um
1: something that I found really funny actually watching this is that it's the first time that I've distinguished Kenneth Branagh as a director. Mm. There are certain shots that basically you switch out Chris Hemsworth's face for Kenneth Branagh's face and it's a shot from the first thor movie. <laughs> and I just oh, for I some forgot he did that. Yeah, right? Uh, or it's a shot from Cinderella like there are these moments that just like it's the camera turning up and zooming in and mm. you're just like what? Yeah, he does a lot of
0: um dutch angles uh in yeah. this. Uh and it's interesting. I I mean, I was I I will not lie to you. One of my one of my big reasons to want to go see this movie was I love uh Daisy Ridley. I think mm-hmm. she's a uh, a fascinating screen presence, and she's gonna be stuck in Star Wars land for uh, the rest of her life uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, um and it was I was just excited to see that she had a role that wasn't Star Wars right and they they gave you a lot of Daisy Ridley if that's what you're excited about. I was
1: gonna say whoever her agent is really did a nice job and earned their commission on this one
0: and I was so excited when I remembered that uh Leslie Odom jr. Junior. Uh, was in this, and they gave him a nice, meaty role. Um, he, one of the most, one of the more lined roles of these <laughs> yeah. the, like dozen or so people in this. Um, and it was just cool to see him. You know, I saw him in Hamilton, and he was amazing. Mm-hmm. And just, just that he's an excellent actor. I'm not surprised. Um,
1: yeah, but it is always nice when you see somebody do something awesome in a thing, and then you're wondering if. Is that a one-off? Mm-hmm. Totally. Will, will they make the transition to the screen? Which is, that is certainly not always guaranteed. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I, I didn't love this adaptation. Uh, Me neither. I
1: found I, it perfectly fine.
0: I wanted, I wanted a big sumptuous movie going experience and it delivered in that realm of like a very luxurious train car. Right. Um, But, I didn't think it delivered in the, I,
1: it never felt tense. I guess, so this comes somewhat back to your question earlier of what do you look for in a movie adaptation?
0: Right. Uh, and, and I'm just looking to get lost in it and I just couldn't get lost here. And I don't think, I, I think that I'm not, I don't feel like I'm in the minority thinking that um, right. it's not the best reviewed movie. Yeah. Um,
1: well, I okay. So I'm. I want to ask you a, a sort of a follow up question. and okay. that is, I'm thinking about the times when a director has taken the work and and run off, sort of in their own direction. Like I think that one of the best examples of that is The Shining, mm. where Stephen King has he all hates but it. disavowed it, he and yet it. it is. It's an exceptional film in its own right, and weirdly enough, it's a it's a great adaptation. Even though it diverges pretty dramatically from the book,
0: I think one of my favorite book adaptations is *The Talented Mr. Ripley*. Yes, I know. I folks that are making so many damn books bingo cards at home, I have to mention Patricia Highsmith once an episode. And yeah, I did it this time too. <laughs> um, and just uh, you know, God, everybody in that movie is doing their absolute best mm-hmm. matt damon is insanely good um philip seymour hoffman
1: God. rest in peace
0: rest in peace he's he is insanely good jude law is unreal uh and it's it's becomes its own thing because there's a lot of subtext especially sexual subtext right in in the in the talented mr ripley novels uh of the ripley ad uh, and that w- they took some of that subtext and made it just straight up on the screen, right? And it and it really did change the the balance, and it made it its own thing. Do you have a favorite? Do you have something that worked
1: really well other than
0: uh, The Shining?
2: Hmm.
1: I feel like the ones that often come to mind to me are ones that don't. What the hell was it that I saw somewhat recently? Where I walked out of it, and I was like, "Holy shit, that was better than the book."
0: Mm. I mean, my canonical uh, "better than the book," and I, uh, and even the author agrees, is Fight Club. Uh, yes. With you know, I mean.
1: I mean that adaptation is. It's fantastic. It's so good.
0: Uh, and and I I would I mean in that same realm, um, American Psycho uh, by Brett Easton Ellis, uh. the, I, I I think the the. The movie version is fantastic.
1: I do think the movie version is fantastic. That one, I mean, it
0: doesn't adapt the book. Like, there's some stuff that they didn't even try to do, Uh, but for the better, you know, it be it became its own thing.
1: That always becomes. I I feel like this is always the challenge, and why for me that that second tier of of what I'm looking for, uh, the the you've made it your own Mm. version. That almost always is a recalibration mm-hmm. where i'm sitting in the movie theater and i'm a little ways into the movie and i think oh if i'm if i don't want to be disappointed or angry I am going to shift right now and treat this as you are making your own version of this story. I had to do that with the sixth Harry Potter movie, for example. Oh yeah. When Ginny was like, "Let me tie your shoelace," oh god, I stood up in the theater and said, "Come on!" <laughs> really? Yeah, it was uh, opening night too. I was kind of oh, a dick. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. You know, in that. To be fair, sam- I was kidnapped to see that movie against my will, so in the
0: in in that same realm, um, Prisoner of Azkaban is an incredible. Um, adaptation yes. of a book um, yes, it, it, making it its own movie that I feel like if you've never seen any Harry Potter movie first of all amazing I don't know how you did that uh, <laughs> but just watch that one if you've never experienced any Harry Potter media at all mm-hmm. if you just watched Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Command I feel like you would get a full complete movie experience I would like to know if if, if anybody actually has that um ability if yeah. they could just do that for me because be one of my cool. favorite um viral essays that i ever read was all i saw was the sixth harry potter movie <laughs> and here's what i think happened in the first five <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's amazing
0: yeah i love that stuff um, I well
1: lo- i feel like the third harry potter movie is the perfect example because that the success of that movie is due to alfonso Cuarón, mm-hmm. as opposed like the other movies are take them or leave them they are technically great they adapt the books pretty well but that third movie he said i'm gonna make my movie Mm -hmm. and he was it was a a point in time when franchises you were kind of allowed to get away with that
0: right i think the miniseries and, and oh yeah. and the the like the novel into a series um, a friend of the show Stephanie Dandler is in the midst of um, shooting a sweet bitter television show um, for Showtime right and I feel like that makes more sense to me than moving of a, a book into a movie where you are going to have to condense things you're gonna have to um, not show some stuff and instead you get to expand
1: right well you see i mean margaret atwood has had two home run out of the park adaptations
0: right alias grace and handmaid's tale
1: and so i wonder if this is if this is the thing is that we are actually we have timed this just right we Mm. are we are really coming out of movie adaptations
0: and and we're coming into the 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 limited series the, the television series realm i mean god everything that atwood writes is eminently adaptable i'm hoping for the oryx and craig series so it's been promised
2: i think
1: it's been optioned at least a few
0: times i mean i i don't know where the um i don't know where the station 11 adaptation is but i i I remember hbo bought that i hope that still happens um you know that you know even you didn't like it but uh city on fire by garth risk i mean that was basically written to be an hbo miniseries (laughs) and
1: i will watch the hell out of that hbo miniseries totally um it is fun do you ever just sit and look at your shelves and think
0: what could be yeah well i feel like that's what uh movie producers do (laughs)
1: That's what Scott Rudin does.
0: Uh, uh, Definitely. I think he's the one who adapted, uh, bought Sweet Bitter for adaptation. Uh, But okay, you know, I think this leads into our, instead of recommendations, why don't we recommend to some movie producers what we hope for for next? Okay.
2: We read some pretty cool books recommend you take a look yeah Um,
0: all right i uh i personally would love to see uh, a mini series of the claire dewitt
1: oh i was just thinking about those books
0: they're so good sarah grand's uh claire dewitt uh and the city of the dead and uh the The bohemian highway bohemian highway i'm hoping for a third one
1: she's you know what she's doing now she's writing for tv
0: uh, yeah of course of course she is um i just feel like that makes a lot of sense because it's it's a really idiosyncratic uh detective
1: you know i would even go even further than than a limited adaptation and say that that feels like a perfect oh yeah just a series series. Just,
0: just go just like, go with Claire. Claire DeWitt
1: is <laughs> unlike any other detective I think I've ever read.
0: Which is pretty crazy to be able to do that now yeah. because the, all the detectives exist, you know, all yeah. of them.
1: <laughs> I keep thinking about how Poirot influenced like the Cumberbatch Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. and now the Cumberbatch Sherlock Holmes influenced Brona's Poirot. Okay. And we're in just this spiral of self-referential asshole detectives.
0: Perhaps. Uh, you haven't thrown down uh, an adaptation that you'd like to see.
1: I have two. One that feels realistic and one that feels like I, I want it, but also I don't want it, okay. if that makes sense. The one that feels realistic is a uh, friend of the show, Edgar Cantero's Meddling Kids. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't wait. That's going to be a summer blockbuster. And That'd it's be just really be, fun. The right
0: person will do it. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, someone please... Uh, put that in the hands of Edgar Wright.
2: Oh, yes!
0: (laughs) Please, Edgar Wright, if you listen to our podcast, we have a suggestion.
1: Also, hey, (laughs) give us a shout! Yeah, come on the show. Uh, The other is China Mieville's Bass Lag novels, specifically Perdido Street Station. Okay. Which is... The world is so ripe and so innovative and inventive and the story is super compelling but i it's one of those things where even as i say it i just know that i will sit down to watch it and immediately i'll have to be like oh well
2: <laughs>
0: okay it's the other thing i have two really difficult ones oh yeah yeah these are my two really difficult choices that my first one specifically i want like a studios to make it i want they made a kubo and the two strings uh-huh. did and they, do Coraline too? they did Coraline. And I think uh Captain the Thirteen and a Half and a Half Lives of Captain Blue Bear mm-hmm. uh, by Walter Moyers, I think they would have a lot of fun turning that into I don't know Netflix turn it into a TV show, turn it into a miniseries, turn it into a movie. really fun.
1: yeah, that would be pretty dope.
0: And the other one is even more difficult. wouldn't be even claymation. you'd have to just film it. Um, but I think it's time. I think the time is ripe for an infinite jest adaptation um i know that people would probably hate it at all like the fact that it would ever happen um but i just think that it could be a great
1: the show that launched a billion think pieces
0: right girls left a neck like a vortex <laughs> like if people need something to yell at yeah and it could be that
1: i mean that would just that would actually be a really cool cultural experience for yeah. perhaps once once we are able to turn all of our energies towards cultural experiences again mhm like that feels like the kind of thing that could really really unite the country in being mad at art mm-hmm. instead of being mad at life
0: yeah that's fair enough
1: you know i could get down with that
0: Is there anything that's coming down the pike that you know is going to come out that you're kind of excited about?
1: Um, I Sweet Bitter is actually the one I'm I'm really excited to see that. Yeah,
0: I'm really excited to see that too. Um, it's just looks amazing. It, look, it just just following Stephanie Danler's Instagram as she's like gets to she's shooting things on the Williamsburg Bridge at 4 a.m. Yeah. Um, but I guess for me, I'm I just cannot cannot wait for goldfinch um, oh yeah ansel elgort got cast as theo um it's being directed by the guy who directed brooklyn yeah um and i just think it's oh. all of the stuff is gonna come out it's gonna I, be great i've got mine
1: okay what's yours the edward saint Alban and patrick melrose novels right There's it's yeah. gonna be i think a limited series on showtime i think like hugo weaving is playing his dad Wow. uh Danner is playing his mom, and Bandersnatch Cumberbund is playing
0: Melrose. Mm. It, now I don't even know his real name.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? That's what happened. What happens. is it? Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch. That's a real thing. The I think it was the Washington Post. Did they had to get issue it really a correct, wrong? Yeah, where they wrote Bandersnatch Cumberbund. <laughs> <laughs> That's like not even an autocorrect.
0: I don't. Re- I think it's Stephen Fry who said he's got the mo- He's the f- only person who played Sherlock Holmes that has a more ridiculous name than Sherlock Holmes did. <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> uh, <sighs> movies, books are better. Just read books.
1: Books are better. I had as we were walking out. I was like, you know,
0: I'm excited to go home and read. Yeah, honestly, I think Agatha the Christie's is- best on the page.
1: That's true. And you can just chew through those things,
0: man. Yeah, you could. I mean, the the time it took to watch that movie, you could have probably had a nice time reading it.
1: Last question before we go. Huh? At the end, there there was a little, there was a little, a little wink. Do you think they're gonna try to do another?
0: Uh, I think they might have wanted to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. There were moments that felt like it, they were trying to trying to jumpstart, like. Okay, and now Kenneth Branagh as Hercule Poirot in Death on the Nile.
0: Mm-hmm. They did try to do that. Yeah. It's for the best. Mm-hmm. It is for the best. All oh, you crazy people out there. If you've got some time to kill, uh, please leave us an iTunes review. If you've got money to burn uh, and you're not a Patreon subscriber yet, patreon.com slash SMDB. Uh, we've got cool levels and everything.
1: Yeah. And uh, leave us a note on Twitter. Send us an email.
0: Yeah. So many damn books at Gmail. So many damn books at
1: You know. Try, you, you try to say it three times fast.
0: Yeah, it's tough. It's
1: tough. And um, well, we'll talk to you soon.
0: S- yeah, we've got some fun stuff coming up, so stay tuned. Don't just just wait for two weeks.
1: Just <laughs> just, just sit here. Yeah, just wherever sit
0: you are, just and look up into space. We will be back for you.
1: We're writing you a note right now.
2: Yeah. You don't have to go to work. Hercule Perot
0: to to might not return, but we will. <laughs>
2: What was up with the alcohol. Stalin
1: joke? Speaking of flipping to the movie, there were a couple moments where it's like the back and forth they were like, he had some bad ideas about Stalin that I had to correct him about. That joke came up I think at least two times, if not three. I missed every single one. <laughs> I
2: don't know.